Welcome to the Kick Pod, your weekly DNM on the stuff that matters. One, two, three, four. Hi, Steph. Hi, Laura. Why are you laughing? Oh, no reason. It's just a joy with you every minute of every day. Thank you. Same with you. <laughs> Why are you that laughing? That was a weird accent, wasn't it? You sounded really sarcastic too. I have to confess. What? I have a confession. Okay. We've done this intro four times. You won't hear the other ones. <laughs> it's all Laura's fault. Yeah, I mucked it up four times. No, you just, you're just in one of your silly moods. Yeah, so. Anyway, <laughs> how was your weekend? <laughs> It was good. Yeah. I actually, um, we went and saw my neighbours. Oh, yeah. So we've never known our neighbours before mm-hmm. and we've just moved. Mm-hmm. And um, our neighbours invited us over for an afternoon drink. That's nice. But it was really nice. And so we went over and I thought we'd be there, you know, just for half an hour or whatever. And we ended up saying, you were texting me and I didn't reply because mm. I felt we were going on my phone. Mm. But we were there for four and a half hours. Mm. It was a hoot. Good, good neighbours. <laughs> No, I'm but so that's, happy. that's so nice. I like uh, it's. There's nothing worse than having a neighbor that you don't like or that you can't see. It's honestly so frustrating. So I kind of envy that because I don't have a neighbor that we get along with. I was going to say we're, bitchy, but it's very nice. I feel really safe knowing that they're there, and it's just so nice. I didn't know you could make friends in your street, but you know, there's friends everywhere. Joy, <laughs> and you had a lot of fun at Soda. You look yes. Like the dancing was awesome. Yeah. You really brought everyone to the dance floor, I must say. Then I got tired, though. <laughs> <laughs> Nana, what time did you leave? 10.30? No. No. Are you serious? <laughs> I went to bed at 1.20. We left at 11.40. I don't think you did. Swear to God. No, I did. <laughs> you can see the Uber. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm proud of you. We left at 11.40, yeah. I'm proud of you. Yeah, yeah. thanks. Cool. Um, How was great. your weekend? <laughs> you must be so tired. Yeah, I'm and- tired. Yeah, I'm really tired. It was a big weekend. We've got a lot going on at the moment with um, Keep a Cleaner and Soda and everything. So it was a lot back to back over the weekend and just some stuff happening outside of work as well. So, yeah, it's just a lot, but there's a lot of exciting things coming up. So I'm just keeping my mind on that. And someone did something very bad. Yeah, uh, Josh and I had a backpack stolen from the backseat of uh, one of our best friend's car when we went out for dinner on Saturday night um, in Richmond area. Uh, and that backpack happened to have basically Josh's whole work on there, hard drive, laptop, two cameras. So bad. And then it also happened to have our passports in it um, because we recently had to go to the post office and fill out some paperwork stuff and we needed to have our multiple forms of ID for that. And um, so that's the only reason it's there. Obviously, we don't usually just keep our passports on us like that. Um, so, yeah, super shattering. And it's funny, like, I mean, obviously – the uh, fact that it set us back money-wise because none of that stuff was insured. Um, it's not covered in any of our insurance, mm. which is very frustrating. Um, the passport for me is one Invaluable. of the things that made me like fully ball my eyes out. Mm. Just because I've always wanted to, I think I said it on last week's podcast, I've always wanted to sit down and write out all the countries I've been to, even like date them. You literally said that to me last week. Yeah. We have to start new. Yeah. Plus, I think we can remember by going back through your Instagram because you document <laughs> everything you do. So true. So maybe I'll commit to doing that with you oh my God. to make it better. But yeah, anyway, we've got some cool things happening this week. So I'm all good in the hood. That's good. Yeah. And this episode. Yeah, I'm excited about this one. Why? Because people need to talk about this more. Yes. Um, so we're talking about periods today with our uh, women's health expert, Dr. Bronwyn. 
Though Bronwyn is a qualified obstetrician and gynecologist, she's on the kick team and we're very proud to have her. Mm. We really wanted to have a like a women's health specialist. She delivers babies every day as well, which just makes, I don't know, whenever I see her, it's like, have you had this is there a baby today? <laughs> or, so when we recorded this podcast, she was like, well, you know, I'm sorry if I have to get up and leave halfway through. you got to go when you got to go. <laughs> but it was a really important chat. We chatted all things period, um, literally Hormones. everything. I think we covered everything that we do with your cycle and what we love about Bronwyn is that she has studied a lot she's I mean to become a gynecologist and obstetrician you need Mm -hmm. to do a lot of study so she does but she has a really holistic approach to health so she has a really nice balance between being healthy like exercising and eating well but then also believes in scientific medicine which is what we do which is really important so yeah we hope you guys enjoy this chat and let's share this one hey because I don't want anyone to be kind of ashamed of enjoying this chat I feel like everyone needs to um especially in front of guys and stuff like Mm. that girls need to be able to chat about things like periods more and more because look it's something we all go through and there's so many different things there's so many different factors that need to be talked about wait that's a good point yeah okay well I'm gonna share it okay I'm gonna share it (laughs) (laughs) I'd hope we'd share it (laughs) hope you guys enjoy it well, Dr. Bronwyn, welcome to the Kickpod. Thanks so much for having me. Well, thank you for being on Kickpod, but also thank you for being a part of our program. We're very excited to have you as our women's health expert. But there might be some people out there who haven't read your about you on our section yet. Do you want to just give everyone a little bit of a rundown of your background before we get into the questions? Sure. So I'm an obstetrician and gynecologist. Mm -hmm. So that means I'm a specialist in women's health. So basically I have done about 16 years in training. Mm -hmm. So I've uh, done medical school, which was six years at Monash Uni, followed by about four years in the hospitals. We do like an internship and a few years doing different specialties, deciding what we want to do. Uh, So we do cardiology and emergency medicine, plastic surgery, paediatrics and see what we like and then Uh, We go on to decide what we want to do after that in terms of specialty training. So then uh, we do six years in in specialty training. So that's as an obstetrician (laughs) and gynecologist, you have to do another six years. And that's um, basically training to prepare you to deliver babies, care for women during their pregnancies and also uh, gynecology. So that is uh, women's health problems, I guess. So anything... That you have wrong with your lady parts, <laughs> so women's health issues. So whether that's uh, heavy periods, painful periods, ovarian cysts, abnormal pap smears, mm. uh, anything relating to those things, we can basically uh, diagnose those problems and manage those problems, whether it be through medical management or surgery. Incredible! That's that's yeah. quite a quite a background you've got there. But you love what you do. Every time we talk to you about your job and delivering babies, you've got like a grin from ear to ear. Has health always been something you were super interested in? Yeah, so I'm really passionate about women's health Mm. and keeping women really healthy um, so that they can be the best person they can possibly be Mm -hmm. and also keep them healthy so they can one day have a healthy baby. So that's really my passion. Mm. Yeah. And I love that with this podcast, when we book time in to see you, it's always pending that a baby doesn't yeah. come. <laughs> I think it's the best thing ever. It's like, which should be fine, but I might have to deliver a baby. Yeah. <laughs> Must be know. a very spontaneous, exciting job. 
It is pretty exciting. Mm. I never know what's going to happen when I open my eyes in the morning and jump out of bed. Anything's possible. Yeah. Love it. So whenever we have a new guest on, we like to start off with three questions um, just to warm you up and to get the guests, uh, get to know you a little bit more on the personal side of things. Yeah. Three fun facts about you that you would like to share. They don't have to be fun. We always use the word fun, but sometimes they're weird and random. So whatever you'd like to share. Okay. Uh, so I am a long distance runner, mm-hmm. well, pre-kids. Uh, so I've done about 50 half marathons, wow. two full marathons, and hopefully one day again when I get the time, Amazing. Uh, I'd love to do another marathon. So yeah, I, I love long distance running. That is amazing. Uh, another fun fact. Mm. Do you know how many babies you've delivered? Oh, no idea. Or like over, would it be like over a hundred? Oh, over a thousand. So many. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, my name, Bronwyn, it's Welsh okay. for mountains of snow. Yeah. So <laughs> that's interesting. Is that your background? Uh yeah. So my um my grandparents are Welsh, yeah. All right, and what about your third and final fact? Oh, how appropriate. Uh, if I wasn't a doctor, I'd be a vet. So oh, and we've got Bill walking animals, around yeah. in the podcast room today. Yeah, we, um, we're very dog friendly yeah. uh, in our office and where we now record our podcasts, we always bring Ari or Bill in. So if you ever hear any panting, that's why. Um, okay, next question is, what is the most pivotal moment in your life or career so far? Hmm. I was talking to my husband about this the other night, actually. I feel really proud of what I've achieved as a private obstetrician and gynecologist. I have my own clinic in the eastern suburbs of Melbourne and I've done all this training and I, you know, love my job and delivering babies and bringing life into the world is so amazing. But the thing I'm most proud of is being a mum. Two kids and (laughs) um, they're what I'm most proud of. So, yeah, I think that having them would be the most pivotal moment. Uh, and then I guess before that would be meeting my husband. So, yeah. Oh, I love that. It's obvious that family's still super important in your busy life. So mm. that's really beautiful. Last question before we get onto today's topic. What is, is there a goal in mind that you have? It can be career-based, can be life-based, short-term, long-term, any goal? A goal. I think going back to the long distance running, mm-hmm. um, I'd love to do another marathon. Yeah. Yeah. Just having time to do that is the mm. issue. Yeah. Life's That's cool. certainly busy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so now let's get into today. So today we wanted to talk about periods and hormones because you are the expert. It's something that we've wanted to talk about mm. for a very long time, but we we're not experts. <laughs> absolutely not. So we wanted uh, to have you in and we wanted to start by talking through what exactly is the menstrual cycle? Mm. So the menstrual cycle is a series of events that occurs in the body. Every woman has this every month, unless you're on the pill or some kind of hormonal contraceptive. Mm-hmm. So basically it's a series of events that occurs each month uh, getting the uterus ready for having a pregnancy in there. So we're pretty clever. So every month we basically create this beautiful lining in the in the uterus ready for a pregnancy to implant in there. And there's a series of hormonal changes that occur for that to happen. 
And also in the middle of that cycle, we release an egg from one of our ovaries and that uh, is waiting, ready to uh, create a pregnancy. So that, I guess, is what happens. And if there's no pregnancy that occurs, then there's a big drop in hormones and that leads to the lining of the uterus shedding and Mm -hmm. that's your period each month. Mm. Yeah. It's like one of those things that I feel like I learnt so long ago, but I always actually kind of forget what it all all actually means or Mm. what it's all actually doing. It's nice to be reminded. Well, I think because with your period, you just know when you have it, but you don't realise that it's a part of a bigger cycle. It's only a few days out of the whole whole cycle. What are, like, do you want to explain a little bit more those main stages of our cycle? Yeah. So there's probably three main phases of of the menstrual cycle. Can I do that again? Yeah, of course you can. (laughs) Yep. Um, So there's three main phases of the menstrual cycle. The first phase we call day one of your cycle, your period. So the first stage of the cycle is the menstrual phase. Mm -hmm. And during that phase, your hormones are rock bottom. So Mm -hmm. we talk about the female hormones being progesterone and estrogen, and they're released by the ovaries, Mm -hmm. which are little uh, egg-shaped organs in the bottom of your tummy. So those ovaries basically release these hormones um, and these hormones drop and that's when you shed the lining. So during the menstrual phase, you have uh, the lining of the uterus come out, you have some blood come out. You also have uh, some chemicals called prostaglandins in your Mm. body and they're pain-inducing chemicals. So they can cause... Uh, period cramps, they can cause you to feel pretty horrible Mm -hmm. um, in terms of feeling just a bit unwell, headaches, nausea, sometimes some diarrhea, loose bowel actions as a result of the prostaglandins. Mm. And some people get, you know, period cramps due to the uterus trying to push out the lining. Mm -hmm. And yeah, basically you don't feel very good because you've got really low hormones. So estrogen and progesterone are rock bottom Mm. and your body likes those hormones. So Mm. you often feel quite low in mood and also low in energy at that point. Sounds very familiar. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I was going to say definitely. And why do some people have heavier periods than others? Because I get really bad period pain. So is that my lining works really hard to be released or something? (laughs) (laughs) Really good question. So everyone's different with their periods. Uh, So if you have high prostaglandins, you can have high, more painful periods. Um, if you have a heavier lining, you can have more painful or more mm. heavy periods. Mm-hmm. There's also some conditions where there's blood in the in the belly called endometriosis or blood in the wall of the uterus mm. and that can cause pain as well. There's lots of different factors and different people experience pain differently as well depending on how your nerves in your body kind of react to all of that happening. But that's just like a a case-by-case thing. It's not like there's a reason why, you know, Laura might have more of that than others. It's just like the way it is. It doesn't come from anything. Yeah, look, there are different different chemicals that can be different. So um, prostaglandins are a big factor. Mm. So we know that if people take things like Nurofen um, or Ponstan or Naprogesic, they kind of inhibit the prostaglandins. Mm -hmm. And so that means that you can then have lower prostaglandins and that will definitely help your period pain. 
Mm. Yeah, so everyone's different. But, um, yeah, look, some people just get more than others and we can't explain it. It's just like some people have a painless labour. What's with that? (laughs) (laughs) And some people have a very painful labour and need lots of pain relief. So everyone's different in that respect, yeah. Are the two, like, uh, intertwined? Like if 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 you're someone who has a painful period, are you going to have a painful labour? Not necessarily. Yeah. Everyone's different. Yeah, you can't can't really predict what's going to happen in labour. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What about fertility? Is because I thought, and I guess this is—I don't even think this has any. This is science. But <laughs> if you have a heavy period, you're more fertile because you have a thicker lining. Is that? Did I read that somewhere, or did I make that up? Yeah. Look, someone's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, mm, I don't know. Um. Not necessarily. If you have a thicker lining, it doesn't necessarily mean you're more fertile. But mm-hmm. we do know if you have a super thin lining, that that can lead to issues with um, implantation and lead to issues with the pregnancy wanting to stick to the uterus. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Right. What about food cravings in the time that you're on your period? Mm. Is yeah, that- what's with that? Why do I want chocolate so badly? Yeah. <laughs> Whenever I get my period, it's like I become a chocolate monster. Well... Your body does crave certain things which mm. do help you feel better. Yeah. So uh, things like magnesium, mm. your body really craves and that does help with your mood changes and how you feel premenstrually and during your period and mm. it also helps your period pain. So it's, dark chocolate is high in magnesium so that's why we often crave it. But how funny. Yeah, there's lots of other foods that are high in magnesium, but it seems to be a go-to food for most people during their period. Is there like, yeah. uh, is it is sugar another thing? Can hormones like trigger sugar cravings at all? Yeah, definitely. Mm. Yeah. So, um, so that brings me to the other parts of the cycle. Mm. Uh, so, uh, the the second phase is a follicular phase where you release an egg. Mm-hmm. Um, so. That's basically where there's higher hormones and you're feeling really good. Mm. Um, so high estrogen levels, high testosterone levels. You've got lots of energy. You feel ready to take on the world. You've got glowing skin, all of those good things. <laughs> um, and that's when the egg is released and it's a great time to do kind of activities, you know, that you haven't been wanting to do for a long time or take on tasks because it's a time when you feel really good. But then in the second part of the cycle, the luteal phase, where you have higher progesterone getting ready for the pregnancy and then it drops at the end, mm. you feel awful because <laughs> it all drops. Um, so, yeah, basically uh, you do feel not great when those hormones drop mm. um, and you do crave different things. And as those hormone levels drop, often there's an instability or a dropping or change in your serotonin levels, mm. which... Uh, is your happy hormone. Mm. So we know that some people need extra serotonin if they're a bit depressed. Mm -hmm. Um, So in that second part of the cycle when those hormones drop, your serotonin can also drop. And so you do crave those really sweet treats (laughs) or carbs because they'll increase your serotonin levels. I love that there is actual reason and Uh science behind everything when it comes to my period. Yeah. Isn't it just, aren't you just nodding along here? Yes. (laughs) I feel like there's just so much that's making complete sense to me now. So you spoke about the stages. How long is a, mm. well, I'm, no one can see my fingers here, but a normal cycle or like the average cycle? Yeah, so we talk about the normal cycle being most people would be around that 28 days. Mm. However, plus or minus a week is considered normal. So anywhere from 21 to 35 days is normal. Mm-hmm. Not everyone's normal though, There's, mm. the, you know, but that is what we consider normal and outside of that you might need to seek help 
from your GP if, if there's an issue there. Yeah. yeah. How come people have different period lengths or cycle lengths? What is there? Because yeah. we're also different. Mm. Mm. Is there a reason for that? Yeah. So if it's outside, do you mean if it's outside the norm? Like yeah, outside, outside the norm. Five days. Yeah. So. Look, most of the time there might be something wrong there if it's a little mm. bit over that 35 days, mm. although a little bit of stress or a change in scenery, yep. whether you're going overseas and have a bit of jet lag, that can certainly change a cycle for one month or, mm. you know, if you've had a particularly stressful month or um, deadlines or not sleeping enough or, yeah, if you're travelling overseas. I have seen people go overseas and then their periods are all over mm. the place. Um, But there's also uh, conditions such as polycystic ovarian syndrome where your ovaries aren't always doing what they should because there's messages from the messages from the brain that aren't doing, aren't firing normally. Mm -hmm. And so your ovaries aren't responding normally and they aren't always releasing an egg each month as we should be. Mm. And so that can lead to you skipping a period or just your period being really late because your ovaries are a bit slow to respond and release that egg. Yeah. What about the actual the actual period, like we're, the bleeding days? We'll just get right into the description. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just jump in. Um, you know, I find that I, I my periods only go for four days um, and it's probably only two of those days that it's heavier. It's I've got a very light period. Whereas mine goes for seven very to lucky. eight yeah, why is that? Is there any reason that some some shorter, some longer? It's probably related a little bit to the hormone levels each month. So mm-hmm. as we talked about in the start of the cycle, there is uh, a rise in the estrogen, just mm-hmm. pre-ovulation. That's when you feel really good and then a drop. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the cycle, there's a rise and drop of progesterone. So these are the female hormones. So if you have a little bit more of an estrogen dominance, a little bit more estrogen compared to someone else, you might end up with a slightly thicker lining because the estrogen is responsible for thickening that lining. Mm -hmm. So if you have a slightly higher estrogen level compared to somebody else, compared to your progesterone level, you may end up with a heavier period than someone else. Mm -hmm. I guess the other thing is, yeah, how your ovaries are working. And Mm. so some, some people just naturally will have a shorter cycle because your ovaries are ready to go again you know <laughs> after that couple of days mm. once your estrogen levels start rising and it, uh, after a few days of your period then that period will naturally stop as well so there's a few factors at play there does it affect yeah. your fertility how long your period goes for or it makes absolutely no difference we know that if you're having a period every month mm. that generally would consider you you know fertile. fertile yeah, yeah. Um, but that exact length of the period whether it's 21 days 28 35 Mm. is not so important Mm -hmm. however if you're skipping periods or you're really having only a few periods a year that could be considered an issue because you're only probably releasing a few eggs a year if that happens and Mm. that means that you're not going to be as fertile as someone having a period every month you mentioned before that there was that period where in the cycle where you, you should really like go for your goals or you'll be feeling really good and like to listen to mm. those hormones. Is there a part of the period where you should probably be more gentle on yourself? Maybe not, it might not be related to exercise, but like, you know, just not be so hard on yourself and yeah. Make it easier. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say that the second part of the cycle from about in an average cycle from about day 21 to day 28, that's when you're female hormones are starting to really get quite low. So that's the week before the period, right? Okay, good. I'm just like, I'm picturing in my head, I'm still like trying to get it right. So that 
area of area of the cycle we often describe people having symptoms of premenstrual syndrome or PMS mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. that's why week. I was making sure yeah. like a week before my periods know it too right. well yeah. <laughs> you're often feeling a bit off mm-hmm. um, you're often not sleeping so well either mm-hmm. uh, because your progesterone helps you to sleep uh, so you often have a few restless nights leading up to your period and that can help um, you not feel so well in the day when you're not sleeping well. Uh, your mood can often be a bit low. Your energy levels can be a bit low. Um, everything's just not feeling so happy at that mm. point um, in time. So, yeah, and your mental clarity is often less as well because your estrogen levels are responsible for helping you think a bit more clearly. So, uh, yeah, in that in that week before your period, don't take on too much. Don't push yourself too much. It's really good to exercise because it will help your symptoms, mm-hmm. especially your mood symptoms. Mm-hmm. If you have significant low mood leading up to your period, exercise will definitely help that. Mm-hmm. So it's good to exercise, but don't go for any PBs. Yeah, right. Don't <laughs> yeah. go and do Because you probably just things. be depressed if you don't yeah. get to it. It's like, damn. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. so interesting yeah. about yeah. your mind. Yeah. I. And I often, some days at work, I'll be like, guys, I'm so sorry. My mind is not working today. And I just, it's like, it's just a cloud and I can't problem solve Mm. and I can't plan and I can't think of any ideas. It's like, I just feel like I'm blocked. So could that be because of my estrogen levels being lower? Totally. How interesting. Yeah. Loving this. So you can see why we have ladies who come to me in their 60s saying, help, Give me some extra hormones because I just can't uh, think. So that's what, what women are like after they stop having their periods in menopause all the time. Sometimes. Oh, because your periods give you... <laughs> yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Do guys have estrogen too? No, yes, they have a small level of estrogen. Yeah, not, not yeah, so much. Yeah, nowhere near. But yeah. they have testosterone, which kind of helps them out a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So mm. what if... Is there any way to combat the things like thinking less clearly mm. and, and things like that or do you just it's just a listen. part of life yeah. and you just listen to your body and let it happen it's a great question uh, I think exercise definitely helps mm-hmm. I mean that is a really easy way to help your mental clarity because it does clear your head anyway and those mm. endorphins do make you feel better anyway uh that's a really good way. And also eating really well will help as well. So if you've got a constant state of uh, your glucose levels being quite stable, that's going to help your mental clarity as well, help you think and help you concentrate. So don't go straight for the high sugar treats <laughs> during that stage of your cycle. It's fine to have carbs, but try and have something that's a bit more low GI and is going to keep you through the day. Mm because uh, those big peaks and troughs of glucose will not help your thinking at all. Yeah. I think that's what I've done to myself today. What? <laughs> we had fantails <laughs> before we came. <laughs> They're so delicious. So what are the signs apart from losing your period that something might be wrong and you should go and see a doctor? Yeah, because I feel like, you know, as we've already discussed, there's so many differences, you know, in length of period or a length of your cycle. So there's so much where we say everyone's different, it's fine. But yeah, what are those exact signs where it's like something might not be fine? Yeah, so mostly things like a really heavy period mm-hmm. or a really painful period would be the most common things that we would see. So seeking advice from your general practitioner is really important if that occurs. So a really heavy period, most periods would be somewhere between 20 to 80 meals. It doesn't sound very much, um, mm-hmm. but 
Yeah. Is that all? Yeah. Yeah, wow. but that, that's pretty much normal. So if you happen to be measuring it for whatever reason, <laughs> so I I, as gross as it is, I would love okay. to know how many meals yours was. Yeah. I would just not be interested. I know mine's light. I don't think mine would be over 80. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> oh, my God, this is. <laughs> I did buy a period cup recently. How many meals is a period cup? Uh, it depends on the heaviness that you, uh, I think 10 meal is the cup. You, okay. I think so most pads. So just count around. how many cups you use yeah. and then, you, then you're good, laws. <laughs> I think most pads hold about 10 mils, so it's not that much. Yeah. Okay, right. Yeah, so if you're looking at, if you're flooding your pads, if you're having to wear a tampon and a pad, you mm. know, and changing those every couple of hours, that's not normal. Okay. If you're flooding through those, if you're yeah. having to get up in the night more than once in the night on your first or second day of your period, then, then that's, that's definitely not heavier. normal. Okay. Um, So there's so many people out there that don't realise what Mm. they're putting up with is not normal. Mm -hmm. And so it's really exciting that we're chatting about this so everyone can be aware of what, you know, when to seek advice. So heavy periods are are the number one. Uh, The other one would be painful periods. Mm -hmm. So pain is to be expected during your period. At least half of all women who have their period every month would, you know, have some kind of pain Mm -hmm. and you know, usually it's on the first day that that will happen or the second day and a day of pain associated with a bit of nausea, a bit of mm. you know, loose bowels, that sort, or a headache, that's all pretty normal. Um, but if you're having pain for more than a couple of days, you're needing more than, you know, the odd Panadol or Nurofen, you're not able to function, you're not able to get out of bed, you're, you know, bed mm. bound for a few days, not able to go to work, do your usual activities, that's not normal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so you definitely need to seek advice if it's more than a day or so and it's really interfering with your life. Mm. Um, so that's, yeah, a really important one. I think it's I think it's important just like the girls feel, and I, I, this is, again, why I'm so happy we're having this conversation and being so open about it. I mean, girls need to talk about periods more and I think we, you need to not be. Them. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> but you also just like, don't be scared to go and speak to a professional about it. Yeah. I mean, you do you get women coming to you that are like so nervous to talk to you about it and you're kind of like, oh, let's just jump in the deep end here and talk about it? Yeah, I guess, uh, I mean, it's pretty normal. I talk about, you know, all of that stuff every day. Mm. Um, but yeah, look, I do get some, especially younger women mm. coming along with their mums um, who are feeling a little bit nervous about, yeah. about these things, although they've often seen a, a GP before seeing me. Okay. So they've had to talk a little bit about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, yeah. Look, some people do feel nervous about it, but it's, yeah, I think it's really great that we try and normalize mm. it so that it's a part of every everyday language mm. that we chat about what our bodies are doing. Yeah. And I love that you obviously have got a huge medical background. And I think something that a lot of women are scared of is going to the doctor because they think that it's going to be put on the pill or, and I love that you speak about diet and exercise as well. And I think yeah. it's something that's really important to talk about is yeah. that it is important to see a medical specialist when yeah. things like this happens because yeah. you do offer a holistic approach. Yeah. It's not just, you need to go on these pills and it's going to fix it. Totally. You look into a lot more yeah. and I think there's like, there's a big stigma about it that yeah. you're going to put them on really crazy hormones, but it's not always the case. Not always. Yeah. So yeah, I have a real interest in um, diet and exercise mm. and the effect that that has on women's health and mm. also during pregnancy. So there is a lot of, uh, you know, information and research out there now that 
lifestyle does make a big impact on how your body functions and as a result how your hormones interact and how your periods are so yeah there's lots of different things we can do apart from just whacking someone on the pill there's Mm. definitely lots of different um, dietary measures and you know engaging in regular exercise that really does uh, help with with your hormones Talking about the pill, I really want to talk about it because there is so many mixed opinions out there and like we're not obviously going to try and have a political debate on it or anything like that. But from your expertise and your your background of knowledge, what are you kind of, what's your thoughts on the pill or when maybe a girl should be on the pill, shouldn't be on the pill or what they should be used for? And what does it do? Mm. Basically, doesn't it control your hormones in like... Yeah. Yeah. Just doesn't let your body... It doesn't let your hormones naturally play out how they yeah. would have. It yeah. controls them a bit more. Yeah. So the way the pill works is basically it's a tablet every day mm-hmm. uh, that contains the female hormones, mm-hmm. estrogen and progesterone. Mm-hmm. So the way it works is it almost tricks your body into thinking it's pregnant. Mm, yes, almost. I've heard that. Yeah. yeah. It, it's kind of the, the hormone balance of it is almost how your body is in that second part of the cycle when the progesterone is quite high getting Mm -hmm. that lining ready for pregnancy and so the body goes oh I don't have to worry about releasing an egg this month (laughs) it's great Uh, so it suppresses that message from the brain that usually triggers ovulation Mm -hmm. so that's the main way it works Mm -hmm. the other way it works is it thins the lining of the uterus Mm -hmm. so it makes it quite thin Mm -hmm. Um, so a pregnancy wouldn't be able to implant even if you did ovulate Mm -hmm. and it also thickens the mucus uh, in the cervix so Mm -hmm. the cervix is a little gateway to the uterus uh, that protects the uterus Mm -hmm. um, and allows sperm to go into the uterus and so it, it works in a few ways mm. to prevent pregnancy, but the main one is, yeah, preventing ovulation. Mm. And there's so many different ones out there, right? Yeah. And is yeah. that because each of them have different levels of hormones and obviously everyone's coming to you guys with different hormone mm. issues yeah. and all that? There's so many different pills available. I think, you know, in the old days, there was literally one <laughs> or two types and everyone was on this really high dose pill with mm. lots of side effects mm. and uh, it wasn't as safe as mm-hmm. it is these days. So we do think, we do generally say that uh, for most women, Mm -hmm. the pill is a really good way of having accessible and Mm -hmm. easy to take contraception. Mm -hmm. That's what most people are on the pill for. But it's also really good for controlling your periods as well. Um, And the hormone levels are super low these days. They're Mm. really, really low doses. And there's ultra low doses. There's really super low doses as well for some people. It suits some people. Mm. And it is a safe method of contraception and also a way of controlling your periods. We know that, you know, not everyone is, is, is safe to be on the pill. Mm-hmm. There are some people with medical conditions. Mm-hmm. So it's important for people to see their GP, have yep. a good chat, they check their blood pressure, they take their medical history mm-hmm. and they will double check that it is safe for, for someone to be on the pill. So, for example, someone that's smoking and really overweight and over age 35, mm. they're actually not suitable to be on the pill. Mm-hmm. But most people are younger and healthy and and the pill's, the pill's very very safe and mm. there are lots of benefits for being on the pill as, as well as contraception. One of the benefits that I used to love when I was younger, I'm not on the pill anymore, um, but when I was younger I used to skip most of my periods and I want to know for all the girls out there (laughs) they're probably wondering what's a healthy amount to skip their period is there is there a certain amount that they should definitely make sure they're having their period 
So there's no real rule. Mm. So some people do constantly skip their period Mm. and that's fine. There's Mm -hmm. no real rule about having a certain number of periods on the pill. Okay. When you're having natural cycles, that's another reason to seek advice from your GP. If you're missing periods all the time, you're only having a period or two a year, that's that's not okay because that lining of the uterus can get really, really thick and cause real issues. Um, It can cause precancerous changes of the lining um, or it can cause extreme bleeding Mm -hmm. or bleeding all the time and that's not normal. So, yeah, missing missing periods um, and not having cycles each month is not normal off the pill, but on the pill it's fine because... Um, you know, basically we're just suppressing that message to the ovaries mm. to ovulate and, and that's okay. You don't have to have a period. The problem we do find is that if you do constantly not have a period, occasionally you get some breakthrough bleeding, which yep. is a little bit of spotting here and there. Not yeah, I heavy, found that. <laughs> but it's <just laughs> annoying and it kind of is a little reminder, hey, let I me am. do my thing. <laughs> let I me am. do my thing. Let me have a period. So occasionally you have to you know, let that period happen and yeah. then go back on it. But you can have a chat with your GP when they start. You want it, you know, if anyone wants to start on the pill about the options about skipping periods or there are a few formulations that are specifically designed to only have a period every few months. Mm-hmm. There's a few different types out there. Okay. Um, and so you can have a chat to them about what's safe and what's not and um, what what's good for you. Yeah. And what about when, when you come off the pill? So... I had a bit of a different issue because I had polycystic ovaries. So I didn't have my period for a year when I came off the pill. But some girls, you know, get their period back straight away and then others take ages. But I mean, I suppose some women are on it for a year and then some are on it for seven years. So is that normal as well? Is everyone really different when it comes to kind of getting your natural cycle back after coming off the pill? Yeah, we do know that some people do have a little bit of a delay Mm -hmm. uh, after they stop the pill. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's usually not more than a few months mm-hmm. at most. Mm-hmm. And we know that if it's more than a few months, that possibly there's something, something else, going else that's going mm. on, like polycystic ovarian syndrome yep. um, or, you know, some other medical reason why people aren't having their periods. So that would, you know, if it's more than a few months, definitely that's when people need to see their GP if they come off the pill. Yeah. So you spoke before about how stress can affect our hormones How does it actually affect them and why do our periods sometimes stop when we're stressed? So I guess you can look at um, ovulation and periods as a non-vital part of your body's function. So I guess if you're going through a stressful time, whether it's through work or a a big life event, your body can kind of recognise that it needs to keep itself alive but not necessarily reproduce. Mm. So... You know, it also happens in, in people that do a lot of exercise, like excessive exercise or excessive weight loss. I was going to say, um, yeah. um, I knew a few girls in high school who, who yeah, jumped on a crazy exercise bandwagon and also weren't eating a lot at all, lost a lot of weight and basically lost their period too. Yeah. I lost mine when I was super skinny. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of people have, lots mm. of people do. And the reason being that It's not essential. It's not an essential part of life to be Mm -hmm. reproducing, I guess. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, if your body's under a bit of stress, it kind of preserves what it needs to, which is staying alive, Mm -hmm. you know, digesting your food, you know, making your kidneys work and, you know, doing all the things that it has to do, making your brain work. Um, But reproducing is not on the list of priorities if you're going through a stressful time. And so the body's pretty clever at recognising that. 
And so what happens is um, there's a part in your brain that controls the ovaries and that is, I guess, suppressed um, if you're going through a stressful time and same as when you lose a lot of weight. It's a similar similar way that that works mm. um, or, yeah, exercising too much, then that can lead to your ovaries just not doing its thing because something in your brain's just not quite communicating to your ovaries. Yeah. Is that why when um, couples might be trying to have a baby and they might be under a lot of stress or they feel like it's taking too long and mm. they might get stressed out about it, um, It's I've heard so many stories of when they stopped trying, it worked out. Is that probably got to do with the stress on your hormones? Yeah, there's a lot of stories of, you know, that Mm. I see. I see a lot of couples that say, oh, yeah, we were trying for 12 months and then we went on a holiday and then we got pregnant. So I think there is a lot to do with um, a lot lot to be said about, yeah, yeah, being relaxed and stress-free and Mm. everything working properly. Mm. Yeah. So the cycle and our period and everything, obviously one of the main um, reasons behind it is to have a baby. What about the girls who don't want to be on the pill but they still want to have another form of contraception what's out there there's so many options isn't there yeah look we are getting more and more options uh with time so there's been quite a few advances probably in the last 10 15 years Mm. in different methods available in australia we're actually a little bit behind in australia compared Mm, to some other countries yeah so we're a bit unlucky i think (laughs) there's definitely more options out there in other countries compared to australia Uh, So we, you know, hopefully we'll get a few more options coming in the future. Um, Apart from barrier contraception, uh, there obviously are other options. So the next option after the pill would be things like um, that you can get an implant in your arm called the Implanon, which Mm -hmm. is progesterone only. A Mm -hmm. lot of younger girls seem to like that one. Mm -hmm. It's quite good. It lasts for three years. It's quite easy to put in. The Mm -hmm. GP can put that one in and some people find it fantastic. So that's for some for some people it's quite useful. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other options there is an injection that you can have mm, every few fair. months. Mm. Yeah, mm. called I've the depo. Yeah, and that's progesterone only as well. Some people love it. Some people don't. Um, it's just one of those things that you know your GP can work out if it's the right thing for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other forms of contraception, there'll be some you probably haven't heard of. There's like even a vaginal ring. Yeah. Probably, I don't what know. Some people haven't heard of that. IUD. I, I nearly yeah. got the yeah. IUD, but the copper. So it's the one uh, with the, yeah. not the, the local one, not the, does that make sense? There's one with yeah. localized hormones and one with. The copper what? one's got no hormones. Yeah. So I, when I was coming off the pill, I wanted to get my hormones completely natural and just work out what was going on with my body. Um, but I wanted to still have that contraception and I was going to get the copper one because I was told there was no hormones, but my body just kept on basically shutting the gates, not letting it happen. Um, is that normal? Cause I've heard of also a few girls have something like the copper AUD or the other one. I can't remember what it's called. Um, yeah. yeah. And your body actually sometimes rejects it, not during the process of it being inserted, but um, like down the track, it can just, like, it just kind of push it out. And that's normal. Yeah. Everyone reacts differently mm. to IUDs. Yeah. So, yeah, it's part of my job. I insert IUDs regularly. Mm. Uh, the two options are the copper IUD. There's a couple of different types of those available in Australia. Mm. Um, and there's also the marina, which is a progesterone-containing IUD, and that contains essentially the same hormone as, as what's in the pill but without the estrogen. So mm-hmm. there's, as I said, there was the two types of uh, 
hormones in the pill. So, yeah, look, everyone's different and we can sometimes insert them in the clinic mm-hmm. um, while people are awake. Some people prefer them asleep. Mm. Uh, it just depends on how you feel and, um, yeah, the, the p- patient can decide whether they want mm. to do that or the doctors might decide that it's not a great idea depending on if you've had kids or not. Okay. But, yeah, look, we've seen all sorts of things. Like mm. some people don't react very well to either of them. Some people love the progesterone one, the Marina. Mm-hmm. It's quite quite popular these days. Mm. Uh, the praise of that would be that uh, a lot of people get a lot lighter periods with the progesterone one, whereas mm. the copper one you can get quite heavy periods usually. That's, and that's that is why I didn't troubling. get it. Yeah. I nearly got it. Yeah. That's why I didn't because I already get heavy periods mm. and then I re- when I um, read all the pamphlets when I got home it said it can make your pain 50% more and your period 50% more. I was like, okay, yeah, no I'm gonna, I'll be bleeding like 200 mil. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> Maybe not that much, but I was like, I, I, and then I just didn't, I didn't get that yeah. one. Yeah. So, can we talk about that window? Because so otherwise, other than those things, there's obviously, as you said, the barrier, like the con- mm. condom. Yeah. You know, um, there's obviously no hormones there. No. Uh, so everyone can go back to that if they don't want to play yeah. with hormones. But there's Even also it's only ninety nine percent. Well, yeah. There's always I mean, there the always contra- can be there's access. There's no hundred percent. Um, What's the word? There's never 100%. There's never 100% no. contraception. Yeah. Um, but there is this particular window in our cycle where it's like, you got to be fertile. very careful. Yeah. Um, where It's in the middle, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that's when you're feeling really good. Yeah. So you're going to be really <laughs> careful. Yeah. When you're feeling really good. Yeah. What part of your cycle is that? Yeah. The fertility part. Yeah. So what we call the fertile window uh, in a 28-day cycle, that would be around this day 7 to day 14 mark. Okay. So it's like that week leading up to ovulation. Mm. So that's where your estrogen levels are starting to go really high. You feel really happy, mm-hmm. really excited, and your skin's glowing, and you look great in pictures, <laughs> and you're like, oh, this is great. <laughs> And also your testosterone levels go up as well. So right. your libido goes up as well. I was just about to yeah. say that. I feel like my libido spike, uh, sorry, yeah. spikes in that period. And it scares me because I'm like, yeah. no, I'm going to have a baby. It's really bad. <laughs> I've never thought about it like that. Yeah. yeah. But I know I go through stages where I have more mm. and less. Yeah. 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 It makes sense when you're yeah. feeling really good. That's yeah. when your body's like, come yeah. on, let's make Come it happen. <laughs> it's, it's so clever. interesting. Yeah. I think it's so it's so important to be in tune with those hormones because I think especially the ones where you feel sad and yeah, usually like well, PMS, I kind of feel a bit sad and just yeah. not as much motivation as normal. You can yeah. almost feel like it's important to be aware that that's just your hormones. It's not a long-term yeah. thing that you're feeling. Yeah, totally. I hope, I hope, I mean, obviously, as we said, we hope that girls feel more comfortable talking about this, mm. but I kind of hope there's guys out there listening to this because I feel like there's so much of this information that they were obviously never taught or never really listened to that we actually have reason behind our mood swings. And I, I don't I know like, if any uh, a guy would have listened to this. Well, I just hope maybe, <laughs> maybe any girlfriend out there that's like, this is what I'm always trying to tell you, just force them to listen to it. I'm going to force Josh to listen to it. Okay. (laughs) No, he's pretty good. He's pretty good. But when we first started dating, he thought it was all, I mean, it's probably just something he said. PMS was a a made up thing that women made it up. Yep. 
but that was a long time ago. <laughs> he doesn't think that now. But anyway, I'm so happy that we had this chat. Yeah. And thank you so much for your time and your expertise. And again, for coming on board. We love having a women's health export expert. <laughs> Can we send you wow. out of the country? <laughs> wow, that is so not what I'm... We're exporting That's one of those words. That's one of those words that when you get it wrong, it's completely wrong. <laughs> expert. So thank you very much. Thanks for having me. <laughs> time for question of the week. Yes, and time. I feel like that whole podcast we were like learning so much the whole time. Yeah, I know. I remember <laughs> so just good. sitting there like nodding and being like, yes, yes. <laughs> so what's the question of the week? It is from Lisa. Mm-hmm. It is, what was your favourite video game growing up? Sims. Um, Sims. Sims. 100% Sims or Mario Kart, Nintendo 64. Which Sims? Um, Sims 2, actually. I didn't like it when they went to Sims 3 and 4. I don't like them. Sims 2, basic. Whoa, okay. The graphics got way too... It's just... <laughs> I don't know what it was, but I was obsessed with Sims 2. I still am. Um, and if I had a choice to play any of them, it would still be Sims So can 2. you still play 2 even though 3 and 4 are available? Yes. So oh. I've downloaded an app um, that has like a whole pack of them. So there was like pets... Um, I think Wait, there's seasons. A, a, a one just for pets. Yeah, so you basically I can't believe you didn't so you actually didn't play Sims when you were growing up. I did. I only had one though. Okay, so you would have had the the kind I didn't of, play much. No, you would have had the Sims, like the original. And then there's expansion packs, so you can get like oh, seasons, you yeah. can <laughs> get like um uni and like all that sort of stuff. It was so many different add ons and they changed as they anyway, I'm not even gonna go into this. This is, I could go into so much. But my favourite was always pets. Because you could have pets. You couldn't have pets before that one. That's nice. Anyway, what was your favourite video game? Mine wasn't a video game as such. I was going to say, did you play video games? I mean, I had, as we (gasps) know, I had a see-through Nintendo purple where I played Mario, but my favourite game, Uh I'm not going to, I don't know if it's a video game. Please don't say the Magic School Bus. I don't know what that is. No, it was this website, so not a video game. Uh It was called Lemonade Stand and you like ran your own lemonade stand. Oh my God, do you remember that? I used to spend hours and hours on it and you mm. made obviously fake money but you had to like run your own lemonade stand business and that was my favorite vid- so your video favorite game. video game was working <laughs> it was not but at the time i just thought it was fun <laughs> interesting yeah anyway <laughs> thank you for sending in your question and thank you guys for listening in every listen and every time you guys subscribe or leave a positive review really really helps us and supports our channel podcast Oh my God, <laughs> why do I keep saying One channel? Day. And also Steph would like more followers. Every follower counts for Steph. We're getting her to 1.5 million. I'm sorry. This was not Steph in our... sent me an email yesterday. She said, Laura, this is the project Can for I this just month. say something? Before you go on with this joke, podcasts, people can't see our faces. They can't tell you're being sarcastic. I need you to stop right so, now. Email subject, Laura, grow my followers. Email contents. Hi, Laura. I need to get to 1.5 million. I really million. don't appreciate this whatsoever. <laughs> what are you actually on though? Um, I don't know. I'm still, I reckon I'm like still 20K away or something. Last time I checked. We can get there. <laughs> oh my I God. I don't party. even care. I want to have a party for it. I really don't care. Anyway, guys, just so you know, I did make that all up. Thank it's you. really me sending myself an email saying, I want Stefan to get 1.5 million followers so we can have a party. You're very cool. You're, sh- you're the strangest person I know. <laughs> you really are. But where can I find you? I'm not going to go on with that. You can find us at Keep It Cleaner. And our website is keepitcleaner.com.au. You can follow me at laura.henshaw or you can follow Steph Glowsmith at Steph Glowsmith. Oh, you said your name first. Oh, oh. oh my God, I did. <laughs> <laughs> okay, bye. Bye.
Okay, I need to leave. Okay. Thanks, guys. Bye. <laughs>